Is Pittsburgh Rob and Robin here? Anybody see Pittsburgh? They said they were going to be here. I don't, I don't see them right now. Maybe they're, they're online, but good. I can talk about her good now since she's not here. All right, but anyways, they came out paddleboarding with us on, uh, on t- Tuesday, was it? We went paddleboarding, and, and I got to hang out. I just kind of went on paddleboarding with people, with a group. I kind of hang out from person to person, and we talk. Sometimes it ends up, we talk about, you know, we always end up talking about some spiritual things. That's kind of my office. That's where, you know, hey, I got this going on, or hey, this is happening, or just kind of where we can help figure out how to pray for each other and help each other see life from God's perspective. But as I was paddling with Robin, that's who's with Pittsburgh Rob, Robin, and, uh, and uh, uh, I was just paddling with her. I was like, oh, did you see the baby barracuda? She's like, no, no. I said, look at that baby barracuda. I was like, oh, hey, there's rocks over here. Look out, paddle over this way. And, and I'd be, oh, my goodness, did you see that? You know, and I would kept showing, saying, did you see this? Did you see this? Did you see it? And she would say, no, I didn't see it. And, and I'd say, she's like, how are you seeing all of this? And, and I said, it's polarized sunglasses. That's how I'm seeing it all. It's cutting the glare off the surface so I can see what's below the surface. And, and she had beautiful sunglasses. Man, hers probably cost twice as much as mine, but they weren't polarized. And so as pretty as her glasses were, as official as they looked, as awesome as, as much as they cost and everything, she couldn't see beyond the surface because they weren't polarized. And, you know, I started thinking about that, and, and, and especially as we're going through the book of Romans, and, and that's what we have. We have a world that we live in, and it's the surface, it's horizontal, it's out here, and it's how you feel, it's, it's, it's what you see, it's the circumstances, what you hear on the news, and all how everybody else does things. But when you become born again, God gives a spiritual polarization to be able to look down below the surface and see what's really, really there. Story after story, Jehovah Sabaoth, man, I don't, I don't have time for this, but I do because God just put it on my heart, man. Jehovah Sabaoth, man, I'm trying to think, I think it was Elijah, and uh, anyways, uh, he had just kind of messed everything up for Ahab and for Jezebel and all them again, I think that's the story, but anyways, one of the prophets, he's an old man, and he takes off running because he's scared or whatever, and he's got a young man with him, and do uh, you remember the story today? Help me out if I got some details wrong. Any of y'all help me out on this because the Holy Spirit just put on my heart and I get to the main point. But the point is, is that it's an old prophet man that's been ticking off the king and queen a bunch. And he takes off, and I think he's actually in Dothan, not Alabama, but, you know, in their area. And, and so he's in Dothan with them, and they go to sleep, and all of a sudden they wake up, and the young man's like, hey, hey, wake up, wake up. And the guy's like, what, dude, I'm sleeping. He's like, wake up, look. And they're surrounded by the army's enemy, right? Totally surrounded by the army's enemy. And the young guy's like, hey, we're fixing to get killed. We're fixing to get swallowed. What are you going to do? We're in trouble. Oh, no. And the old man said, dude, you're not in trouble. Yeah, man, there's more that are with us than that are with them. Is that not what he said? Y'all remember the story? How many of y'all know this story? All right, good. I'm just bringing it to remember. He, and, and, and go look up the details and fill me in on all the details later, Ethan, all right? Because, man, I'm just doing this from memory. But I just remember the old man saying, there's more that are with us than they are with them. The young man looks around through these eyes, and he's like, one, two, one, two, one, two. I'm not making me the young man, you the old man. I'm just, you just happen to be here. Uh, it, it, yeah, we're both old men, all right? But anyway, but, but in that, and, and then they look, and they're surrounded. The young man's like, you're a nut. <laughs> Dude, what's wrong with you? And Elisha, it's either Elijah or Elisha, he prays. 
And he says, Lord, open his eyes and let him see what he really needs to see. And that's what has to happen spiritually. All of a sudden, when he prayed, the kid looks, man, and guess what? They were surrounded by what? The spiritual army, man. They looked around and were like, oh, yeah, okay, I ain't got nothing to worry about. You see the difference between this and this? You see the difference? Man, this is what we see, and we live in the world. We can come to church. We can say we're a Christian. We can even do our daily devotion. We can go to Bible study and take notes, which I'm glad you guys are doing. But until we see life this way, until we see it this way instead of this way, we're in trouble. This way, we're outnumbered. This way, I got to do this. This way, but this way, it's already done. It's there. And that's what we're going to learn in the book of Romans. And so in the book of Romans, I'm just going to keep these on because I'm going to use these for the message, all right? And if you're like, dude, take those. Out. These are actually my real glasses, so I can't read without them. But yeah, I'll, oh, I'll, if, if not, you'll be my clicker, bro. All right. But in this, so in the book of Romans, that's what we're going to kind of, we're, we're going to look at as we go through Romans, you're going to see things in Romans that you don't see this way. You're going to be like, whoa, wait a minute. No, no, that's not how it is. That's how, this is how the world is right here. And in Romans, Paul keeps going back and saying, no, look, you have to believe. This is behaving. Okay, I live in this world. Listen, in me to Christ, and I'm going to do this. Uh, God wants me to hold this chair up. I'm going to hold this chair up forever. And what's going to happen if you keep trying to hold the chair up? You get tired. Oh, come help me hold the chair up. I'm getting woozy. Finally, I give up. When in reality, man, God has already got the chair held up and you just got to get underneath it. You just got to believe. It's not about behaving. It's about believing. And that's how we started in the book of Romans. So let me give you an example, all right? In this, we need, well, when you first got saved, what was the first thing you got? You realized you were a sinner and the wages of sin is death. By the way, where's that verse come from? Romans, all right? And the wages of sin is death. So if God's Holy Spirit really spoke to you about salvation, first thing you needed was forgiveness, right? Because if you have sin in your life, God is not a just God unless he punishes sin. Because God is not like a lot of parents these days, where if you do that, that's going to happen. You do that, that's going to happen. No, God says you do that, that's going to happen. And it's going to happen. There's a penalty for sin. There's punishment for sin. And if you have sinned, how many of y'all have sinned? All right. Even if you're not paying attention, Amanda, and you didn't raise your hand, you just sinned because you didn't put your hand up. All right. You just lied. Inadvertently lied. That's sin. All right. The sin. But we've all sinned and we've come short of the glory of God. None of us have hit perfection. How many of y'all blown perfection? How about that? All right. Good. Thank you, Amanda. All right. And, uh, <laughs> You want me to show pictures? No, I'm just messing with you. But it's like, but we've blown perfection, right? In all of that. So there's a penalty. We need punishment for our sin unless somehow it can be forgiven. And that's where Christ came, lived a, as a man, which we'll talk more about in a minute. And he lived a perfect life, never sinned. And when he died, he went to the cross. And from 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock, he got punished. He took all the punishment of your sin and my sin, past, present, and future, all the sin of the world he took. He, got, he took the punishment and he paid for it. And he paid for it with what, what did he pay for? What is it that can wash, what can wash away my sin? What, the what? The blood. And so God the Father said, 
because of your blood being shed as a perfect substitute for sinful man, he said, and there's so many other things, but he said, because of that blood, he said, I now, if you accept this deal, you're, you're on death row, every one of y'all on death row, right? Death row inmate, and all you're doing is waiting till the end of your life where all of a sudden your sentence is executed. But all of a sudden, somebody shows up, the Holy Spirit shows up and says, look, what Christ did on the cross is enough. He shed his blood, and, and the warden, who's God, said that that blood is good payment to get you out. Who's the warden? That's God, right? All right? So we're all under the death penalty. And so, so he says the blood is acceptable. First of all, who accepts the blood? Who was the number one enemy when you came into this world? Who's your enemy? Who do you need to be saved from? Let me hear it. God. Yeah, you need to be saved from God because God's wrath is the penalty. That's the punishment for your sin. So God had to come and be a, be a savior to save you from himself, from his wrath. So, in fact, what we're going to learn in Romans 5, 6, in there, when we get into there, you're going to find out I was an enemy to God. Oh, no, but I was a cute little guava cream cheese pastry, you know. I was a cute little baby. No, you're an enemy to God. Because all you desire is you and what you want. And even if you want God, it's only for selfish reasons. There's nothing in you, in your flesh. It's totally depraved, totally messed up. Nothing wants God. God's got to then give you the desire to do that. And, and, and so again, he takes away your sin and he covers your sin with his what? His blood. So does God, God said, I'll accept this. Hey, so Dave, does God accept Jesus' blood? When, uh, Corey, when does he accept Jesus' blood? Okay, yeah, when we get saved, he accepts it. It covers our life. Okay, and then how long? Hey, hey Kurt. Uh, oh, Kurt's like, oh, dude, don't ask me a hard one. This is an easy one, man. I'll leave my... Kurt, once you get saved and you have his blood covering you, how long does it cover you for? Forever. Does it ever take a break, Claudia? Does Jesus' blood ever take a break in God's eyes? No, but it takes a break in your eyes, doesn't it? Are there ever times where you sin? You're like, oh, man, I'm an enemy to God now. Oh, I've messed up. And God, boy, me and God are at war. Now, anybody ever had that? Have you had that happen this week? Anyone where you felt like you're at war with God? Once you're covered with his blood, you are now righteous in his eye. You are a friend of God. You're his child. You are not at war with God. Are, are, hey, Sean, are you ever at war with God ever again once you're covered with blood? Never. You ever war with your wife? Yes, but not God. Aren't you glad she's not God? All right, but I'm just saying, man, you're, so his blood, we have to understand his blood covers us. But how many of, of you, if we're looking at life this way, no matter what we do, what we got going on, we understand his blood is covering us. We understand how, how long does it cover us for? And how much of it does it cover? And does it ever stop? Is there anything you can do to negate it? How about, oh, wait a minute, God did not do, know that I would be such a scumbag and do this. Well, yeah, he did, and he saved you anyways, and you're way worse than what he said you would be, but once you give your life to him and his blood covers you, it's there. So your number one enemy when you come to this world is God. You need to be saved from his wrath, and what's the only way, Caitlin and uh, uh, Gabrielle, what's the only way you can be saved from God's wrath is by what? Hang on, hang on. You, you want me to, here, let's take your dad. And, 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 and What's the answer? By his what? 
His blood. Yeah, don't make me cut your dad. All right, just so you'll remember. All right, I'm just saying. But so, so you're saved by the blood. You kept your continually saved. By, so does the blood ever leave your life? It does when you do this. It does when you quit looking and seeing life from God's perspective. It doesn't, but it does in your own mind, doesn't it? All of a sudden, oh, man. Ooh, I don't want to talk to God today, man. He's probably pretty ticked at me. Sam, you ever been there? Yeah, we all have. How many of y'all have ever been here like, whoo, dang God, you see what I did for you yesterday? <laughs> you see what we did today? Man, we have served you. You have used us. Woohoo! look at me, God. And God, I just know you're waiting there looking forward to hearing from me today because I'm your favorite servant right now. How many of y'all would honestly say you felt pretty good about yourself because you've been walking with him? You don't feel, raise your hand if that's you. Because that's just as bad a theology. You're accepted to him, not by your behavior, but by, your, by his what? His blood. His blood. It saves you. It reconciles you. To, it, you're, you're there. You've got forgiveness because of the blood. So, so he's your number one enemy. Who's your number two enemy, y'all? Before you, who's your number two? Satan. Do you know what Satan's doing every single day for you? Do you know where he is? Do you know what he's doing? What's he doing, Sean? Accusing you. Yes, he's accusing you before the throne every day. And Christ is there as the judge, the jury, the whole nine yards. And, and what Satan is saying, does he even have to lie? If he's talking about Savannah, does he? I, I don't know, I'm not going to If he's talking about that guy over there, does he even have to lie? No, dude, he can bring up the truth. You know what he's done? Jim, oh my goodness. You know what Jim did? I was I got video of it, Jim. You don't do anything in secret. Big brother's watching, man. I got I saw what you did. And if that ain't good enough, we know what you're thinking. We know what you desire. And so Satan's coming to accuse you at the court of Christ every single moment of every day. He's accusing you. He's your accuser. But what does Christ say? Hey Scott, what does Christ say? Yeah, because, because why? What, what is it that took away your sins? The one Satan's accusing you of? Man, you know what? That wasn't a very nice way you responded to Erica last night when she did that. Granted, she woke you up in the middle of the night, and here it was, but, but that was not a very nice way. Satan's accusing is that still Is that covered by the blood? So anything Satan accuses you of that you're guilty of is covered by the blood, right? But you don't see it this way, right? Because Satan comes to you and says, wow, you're a Christian and you acted that way? Wow, you're a Christian and you did that? You're a Christian and, man, uh, how many of you ever have thought about your salvation because of the way you've acted? All right? And we're going to get into in Romans. We'll get into the next part about it. But I want you to understand, if you've got forgiveness, you've got forgiveness. You've got forgiveness between you and God. And, you've got, and, and, you, and, and Satan cannot accuse you of anything. Anything. Even if you're guilty, he, he says you're guilty, and, and, and Christ responds back that, yeah, no, I paid for that. It's covered. Is there any sin Satan can accuse you of, Chuck, that he can pull out of the hat from way back in the day, man? Right, Corey was bringing back memories, man. I'm thinking, oh, dang. I was thinking of Joey Murdoch the other day. We won't bring that one up. My wife and I had a long discussion about it. But, but yeah, can, can Satan bring anything up? that God didn't already know about, that God didn't cover with his blood? Is there anything you can do in the future? No. 
You're forgiven. But you look at it this way, how many times have you beat yourself up over your sin? How many times do you beat yourself up? Now, I'm not saying there's not consequences. There's consequences to it all, but they're not eternal in that. You've got, Romans is going to teach us how to see things from God's perspective. And we are going to get into one of them today in just a little bit. I promise I'm going to get into scripture here in a minute. But I think this is super important because the Holy Spirit put it on my heart for somebody in here, if not for me. But that forgiveness, man. So God accepts the blood all the time. Right, Tom? Never a time, never anything. God already knows it all. Satan has no accusation against you. There's no condemnation. There's no, there's no accusation against you that isn't already covered. But now who's the third enemy that we got? Yeah. And you know what that comes from? That comes from seeing life this way. Because we aren't in the word of God. We aren't in a fellowship with Christ. God, the gospel isn't some set of rules. It's not hell insurance where, oh, I do this, now I'm saved. And No, the gospel is Christ. It's not even knowing about Christ. It's not even having a ritual with Christ. It's, not, it's about, a, it is Christ. He's the good news. And, and, and so in this, man, it's us that has to look at life this way. Because this way, it doesn't make sense in this world that we live in right now. Because you do this, you're guilty. Do you do this? You've crossed the line. Man, I don't care how much blood you got on you. Dude, you do this, you're guilty in this. And with God, he has covered us. Can you imagine if you never thought of God as an enemy again once you got saved? That you thought you were in righteous peace with him? Peace with God. How many of y'all have ever walked around in a season where you just got peace with God? Andy, what's that like when you're to, are there seasons where you don't have peace with God? Yeah, and that's here. That's not here, because here, when do you have peace with God? Always. Here, when do you have peace with God? Well, whether you believe Satan, because, boy, I'll tell you what, you start messing up, Satan's like, well, you know what, Sean, you really did that, man? Oh, my goodness. You ought to feel like a dirt bag, dude. Man, and, and, and if Satan tells you you feel like a dirt bag, and you have Satan's perspective and not God's from his word, and you're believing Satan's perspective, what do you feel like if he says you should be a dirt bag? A dirt bag. Exactly. That's why the relationship with God and his word, the relationship with Christ is the utmost importance in this. Because, yeah, there's other times you feel like, dude, me and God, there's no, God and I are clicking on all cylinders. Rick, you experience that? And then other times it's like, oh, God. You ever had that? Oh, God. Or, oh, God. <laughs> you know? But it's the difference is how you see it. When you see it spiritually, which number one means you've got to be born again. You've got to be forgiven to see it spiritually. But if you're not, it's possible for spiritual people to see life this way. With all the circumstances, all the situations. Oh, no. What about my 401k? Oh, no. My company. Oh, no. This. Oh, no. That's what's so cool to watch you guys. You're living testimony. Because, man, there's so many things that have gone wrong in the companies and the businesses that aren't really your fault. Yeah, they are, but they're not. <laughs> you made the decisions, but the fact is what the decision you did make is that I'm going to see it this way. No matter what, God, if I'm doing the wrong thing, show me the right thing. I've had that conversation with you numerous times, Scott. That's your desire for God, what God you want God to do. And, and as long as you're seeing it this way, you got a better chance of making those right decisions. But the fact is God's working things out and you can watch it all work out 
where you're going to become more like God, and he's going to get the glory, which is the only reason you're here. So again, yeah, we have those times where it's like, oh my goodness, man, me and God. Okay, God, I'll get this right later. God, just let me get through this, and then I'll get this right. Okay, God, how about tomorrow morning when I wake up? Let's start over again, you know? Anybody identify with that? When in reality, we got to see it this way. We see it from God. we got to believe what God says. And that will cause us to behave. So that's the blood of Jesus. It takes care of our relationship with God, takes care of Satan's accusation, and takes care of us if we believe. And that's forgiveness. How about this? Okay, so how many of y'all ever got, well, hopefully you got saved. If you're not saved, you get saved and you got forgiveness. And all of a sudden, man, when you got saved, you're forgiven of your sins, right? But how many of you, after you got saved, you like kept sinning? Anybody, anybody sin after they got saved? Yeah, again, didn't raise your hand. You're a liar and you just did it again. But I'm just saying, how many of y'all, and you're truly saved, you love Christ. Man, you love salvation, but man, you keep sinning. You keep sinning. And you want, how many of y'all want more than just forgiveness? In fact, Matthew, what do they want? Not just forgiveness, but what you want is deliverance. How many of y'all want deliverance? So that you don't keep doing the things you did, and you want what God wants, and don't want what God wants. Well, guess what? We're going to learn in the book of Romans, you have deliverance. You know what the difference between deliverance and and continuing to make the same mistakes over and over again and beating yourself up and letting Satan beat you up and a wrong relationship in your mind with God beat you up? The difference is this and this. When you're living off of your feelings, when you're living trying to figure it all out yourself, that you don't have that deliverance. You're trying to work it all out. But when you understand who you are in Christ, you understand your identity You already have deliverance. I share this all the time. And again, we're going to get into more detail about this at another date. But 1 Corinthians 10, 13, also written by Paul, he says, man, there's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. The only way you're tempted is the same way that everybody else has ever been tempted. But God's faithful. If you want to do it God's way, he'll help you skate. But if you don't, you want to do it your own way, good luck. So no temptation take you, but such is common to man. But God's faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted more than what you are able. But with the temptation, he will make a way to escape. How do you see his way to escape the temptation? Boom. And it's often nothing more than knowing in your heart of hearts, I don't have to do this. I don't have to sin. Well, I want to. Well, guess where that came from? Because when you're seeing it this way, it's like, I don't want to sin. I'm sick of my sin. I want more than sin. I want, I want salvation. I want forgiveness, but I want deliverance. I'm sick of this. Well, let me ask you a question. Are you? Because if you keep looking at it this way and don't develop that intimate relationship with Christ, then you keep looking at it this way and you're not sick of your sin. You're sick of the results of it. And you may be sick and just don't know, but I'm telling you today, the way to be sick of your sin and realize you have overcome it and that you don't have to sin is to see it this way, amen? amen? Let me give you an example. Dave, you know this. Dave, My buddy Dave here, we were on staff together at that big church in Orlando where Corey you know, grew up and all of that. And he has Evangelism Training International. He goes all over the world teaching pastors and anybody anywhere how to share their faith and mostly pastors and different things, uh, 
We're going to catch up a little later because COVID's kind of changed some things and whatever. But anyways, this is the dude. You can't go get a Slurpee in Orlando at a 7-Eleven without him leading somebody to Christ next to the dumpster. I'm just saying. Or anywhere else in all of that. Romans wrote, he teaches people how to do it. Where did our sin come from? Wherefore, as by one man, tell help, finish the rest, Dave. Have sin. So, wherefore, as by one man sinned, who's the one man that sinned, y'all? Adam. The first Adam sinned. God, in his loving kindness, said, Here, man, Andy, I'm giving you control of the world. You get to take care of everything in this world. And and, and when he gave that to Adam and Eve, who did they promptly hand it back over to? Satan. (laughs) And, and, And he sinned. And as that one man sinned, we now have inherited a nature to sin. Oh, dude. Hey, uh, Sean, what's your dad's name again? Mike. Mike. Man, when I saw you, what was the very first? I was like, whoo, like dumbstruck, right? Because what was the first thing I said about you? Oh, yeah, dude. Y'all don't have to do no Montel Williams, like, paternity test, man. Y'all, you, you look like your dad. There's family resemblance right there. Boom. It was, I could see your, I don't know what it was, your eyes, your mouth, but I could see when I saw your dad, I knew you were related. If you weren't, I was going to help you understand that you were. Maybe, you know, I don't know. But, but you are. There's a family resemblance. And so same thing with a, not only a physical resemblance, but a spiritual resemblance. So Adam sinned, which now made everyone a sinner. You're not a sinner because you sin. When you sin, that doesn't make you a sinner. You're born a sinner. It's your nature. Hey, a dog. What's a dog do? Hey, Karen, what's a dog do? Eat your cookies, right? Yeah. And, and, and what kind of dog? All right. So have, has any of y'all ever trained your dog? Scott, you probably have. All right. I'm just saying. Any of y'all ever trained your, your dog to meow? Any of you ever trained your, your dog to whinny like a horse? Or train your dog to go, no, no what's a dog do? Uh, y'all are new. Man, I'm picking on you, bro. What's your name again? Mark. What? Kevin. Did you say Mark first? Oh, okay. okay. All right. Kevin. Kevin, what's a dog do? What noise? Does it do anything else? I mean, yeah, my dog's got an expanded vocal cords. But yeah, a dog you can count on is going to bark and eat Karen's cookies, right? That's what dogs do. That's their nature. So when you come to this world, you have Adam's nature. You have a nature to sin. How many of y'all had to teach your children how to sin? Amanda, are your kids any good at sinning? Yeah, where did they get that from? Yeah, you could go all the way and jump a bunch of, and go all the way back to Adam, but yeah, they got it from you. Where'd you get it from? Your parents. Where'd they get it from? Because as one man sinned, sin entered into the world, so death came by sin. Everyone who comes in this world is a sinner, which is why we sin. It's like saying, you guys were born as a dog, Steve. That's why you bark. <laughs> well, why does my cat, why does my, why does my wife meow? Because she ain't a dog, she's a cat. And yeah, you guys... Y'all want to see like kitty heaven, man? What is that thing y'all have? They have something they put their cat in because they're on the inlet and their cat can rhyme around, roll around and climb around and be outside, but yet be in a little, it's the cat in the bubble thing. What is it? Yeah, dude. If y'all have a cat and you want to give your cat some outdoor time and they don't like the leash, talk to them. But I'm just saying, the cat, if your wife meows, she's what? She's a cat. Yeah. If you sin, it's because you're a sinner. You were born in Adam, and you have no choice. You're going to sin. 
But yet God said death came by sin. It's punished. That doesn't seem very fair unless God made another way. And so that was the first Adam. Anybody know who the second Adam was? The la- not the second Adam, the last Adam. Jesus. And you know what Romans is going to tell us? It tells us that what Christ did is when he was on the cross and died. So were you there? Were you there when Adam was born? No, but yet you're, you're in Adam, right? You have his nature and you sin. So you don't have to be there to have that all go down, right? Were you there when Christ died on the cross? But according to scripture, you are in Christ because you are, you've been buried in baptism with him, not this baptism, but in giving your life to him. You're in Christ. So you were there when he took his body to the cross. You are in Christ. So guess, you know what that means? That means you don't have to be the first Adam anymore. You don't have to be, whereas for by one man sin, centered into the world, death came by sin. You know what? Christ negated that. Christ wiped that. It's still there. It's still there, and you can choose it by living this way, but when you live this way, when you live this way and you see it from God's perspective because you're in a relationship that's moment by moment thriving, reading his word and looking for applications in your life on everything that you're doing, guess what? You're seeing it this way, and when sin comes up, it's like, I don't have to give into it. And you know what? When you're seeing it this way, dude, you don't want to give into it. It's not like, oh, well, God's going to be mad if I do. No, you don't even want to do it. You have no desire to do it. You realize this world we're living in is a dumpster, dude. And how many of y'all would like to go out to the dumpster and scratch your fingernail along the side and go, hmm, yeah. That's the way we see life from God's perspective when we are seeing it from his perspective. But when we're like this, we're like, woohoo, we're selling this junk off our fingers. And people are paying to lick it off your fingers. You know, I'm just saying, that's this nasty world we live in. But if this is where we live and this is how we view it and where we go with it, dude, Paul's trying to change all of that in Romans. That's what he's trying to show them. Dude, you don't have to do this. Look this way. When Christ went to the cross, he died and he nullified what the first Adam did. And what did Paul say? Help me out with this one, Dave. Or y'all all all help me out. It's no longer I that live it. But what? Christ lives in, yeah. So it's no longer me doing it. It's Christ. So if you're in Christ, do you have to sin? No, because you're not in Adam anymore. You're in Christ now if you're truly born again. But if the world keeps saying, nope, you're in Adam. Nope, you're in Adam. Oh, you know what? Let's just give all the school children condoms because we know they can't abstain. That's living in Adam. You know what Christ says? Christ says, no. Man, you save yourself for marriage. It's between a man and a woman. It's an intimacy. And he talks about that sex and, and all of that. And, and, and then you see it this way. And you're like, God, I don't really want that. I'll go back to the youth days back in the day. Man, one of the illustrations I used to use with these kids was like, I'd get a piece of bubble, a chewing gum, man. I'd chew, I'd have chew it all up. And maybe I could even find some other daring kid. I usually could find two or three that would chew the same gum I chewed. I told you they weren't soccer moms back then. They were tough kids. We would, uh, and we didn't have, we didn't even know them. Were, man, we, we'd have this piece of bubble gum, man, five or six pieces, you know, that were all chewed by everybody. And then we'd have a fresh piece. Which one would you like, my dear? <laughs> the fresh one. How many of y'all want a fresh one? 
They quit being this one that's been chewed on by everybody, okay? That, that was back in the youth pastor days, but I'm just saying. But the world, the world, when you see it this way, oh no, you got to be chewed on by everyone to know which one you want chewed on by forever. Or, or, or you're not meant, all of this, it's garbage out of the world. We've got to see every moment of every day this way, amen? And then you believe when the temptation comes, I don't have to do this. In fact, you know what? I don't even want to do this. Can you believe there's people that like to chew gum that other people have chewed? I'm looking for face say, well, well, actually, that's kind of me. You know, that stuff under the table. I'm always scraping it out at the restaurants. And <laughs> if that's you, please don't raise your hand right now. <laughs> you need not only forgiveness, but you need deliverance, all right, in all of this. So you see... How many of y'all think forgiveness is a good idea? Anybody thinks it's good news? How many of y'all think forgiveness is good news? Let me see your hand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How many of y'all think deliverance is a good news? It's good news. What more do you need than forgiveness and deliverance? And that's what the gospel is. Gospel means good news. And the more we learn about this good news, man, the more revival we have. And so... Man, we're getting started early. It's only 10 to 11. No, I'm just joking. But, um, so in this, man, here's what Paul kind of summarizes in the first seven verses here. God's good news has always been Christ. God's good news has always been who? It's not about, it's not Christ's teachings. It's not Christ's sacrifice. It's not a system. It's not, it's about Christ. Dave, how long y'all and Linda, you and Linda have been married, man? 30 years, man. What's the best part of Dave? Linda, what's the best part of Dave? Yeah, God, yeah, because the rest is a mess. But it's Dave, right? Do you love Dave for his money? No. Do you, do you love Dave for his, for his tactfulness? Yeah, do you, do you love him? No, well, you, you just love the package of Dave, right? You have to if you've been there that long. Otherwise, you, my, my wife's back there laughing because I told her if she ever left me, Pack my bags, I'm going with her. Back then, 33 years ago, that would have been stalking, right? <laughs> I mean, now it, it we consider stalking, right? But, um, but, but yeah, she stuck with me till death do us part. So murder's okay. We just ain't never taken it that far, y'all. <laughs> but again, you love somebody for who they are. You love Christ. The gospel is Christ. It's not knowledge about Christ. It's not rituals about Christ. It's, it's Christ himself. It's not even about what he can do for you in giving you forgiveness and giving you deliverance. It's about Christ. And when you come to Christ, God gives you the desire and ability to love Christ. Man, if Julie only loved you for what you could do for her, would she love you all the time? No, because you can't do it all the time. And things may change, you might not. But she's got to love you for what? For you. So no matter what's going on, she loves you. And that's what it's about, because God's calling the shots on what? It's Christ. You fall in love with Christ, and you spend time with Christ. And any time you find yourself looking this way, you put your glasses back on, you see it biblically, you believe, so you'll behave. You don't just go, okay, i got to behave, and i got to do this now. No, God, let me, oh, I love you, Christ. All right, dude, there it is. I have some weird desire to do it your way. I'm going to do it. What would you say? 
earlier, uh, Erica, you just said, well, I guess I'm just stupid enough to do what God wants me to do. Those are the people he brings a driftwood. So I'm just telling you, all y'all are that way. You heard Gary's story, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, everybody, if you're just crazy enough to do it the way God wants you to do it, you understand that's crazy in this world? Because, because, because here's modern theology. <laughs> okay, I got to see it from both ways because otherwise it's being foolish. I'm not having wisdom. No, theology. This is biblical theology. Everything is seen this way. Amen? Everything. So God's good news has always been Christ and Christ brings grace and uh, uh, oh, Christ brings grace and grace brings glory to all who believe. So let's take a look at that again. God, God's good news is Christ. It's always been Christ. Christ brings grace, which is the desire and ability to do His will. And when you have grace, it brings God glory, and it's for anyone who wants to believe. So let's take a look real quick at these first seven verses. And um, uh, I really shared with you a lot of what the Holy Spirit wanted me to share with you at the beginning. And I hope you grasp this forgiveness and this deliverance. This forgiveness and deliverance, because this is what Paul harps on over and over and over again in the book of Romans. And it'll keep you. Hey, Gabrielle Caitlin, imagine you're out there in the ocean. All right. You see, it's pretty choppy out there right now. Uh, imagine if you had a giant inner tube and a rope tied to you with the giant inner tube. Would that be pretty cool it, to be out in the choppy water? Would you rather not have the inner tube? No, you'd rather have the giant inner tube and, and the rope, right, tied to you. All right, so let me ask you a question. What would be smarter, to actually get in the inner tube and just float around in the inner tube? Or would it be smart to ditch the inner tube over there and just kind of tread water while you're tied to the inner tube? Stay in the inner tube. That's in Christ. That's being in Christ. That's this. You know what this is? This is when you have Christ, but you're trying to do it all in your own and you're, you're mixing the world and biblical Christianity together. you got to, it's one or the other, or you got nothing. So in this, so look at God's good news. We already talked about, we've been through the first three verses in great detail in each of our services in the last four weeks. Paul, okay, a servant of Jesus Christ, that's a slave. He said, I'm in love with my master, man. And again, I'm not going to go through all of that because I want to get to the new stuff today. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. Hey, Dave. Hey, why'd you just look at me? Exactly. Hey, some of y'all are like not looking at me because I didn't call you, right? You know? And uh, so if you get called, uh, yeah, he's called by God to be an apostle. Now, he was one of the, one of the not 12 or the 13 when Judas did his thing and they brought Matthew, Matthias in, but he was the 14th one. And they had an office of apostle where they could speak on God's behalf with new revelation, and that was unique to that time. We, as apostles, are now people that are called, sent out by him. That's what the word, we're commissioned by him. That's what the word apostle means. In fact, back in the days uh, when they were writing this, they would actually take ships, cargo ships, and they were not called cargo ships, they were called apostle ships, because they were commissioned to go do a certain thing, to go that place, go there. So we're cargo ships for Christ. We're apostle ships for Christ. And, and we're called So we're called to do something. And every moment, every day is a calling. That's what you guys share at the beginning of the service. What God's done in your life. What, how you saw that from God's first. How in the world you could see getting your mom home from the hospital, hooking her up to pay machine, and then a tornado come through. How could you see that from God's perspective? Was it this or this? It's that. By God's grace. 
He gives you His grace, the desire and ability to do us His way, and you choose to see it that way. Man, He gets glory. He gets glory for that. That's, a, that's why I made Gary share it, because he said, dude, the old before Christ Gary would have not done it. I would have been reading about him in the paper. <laughs> so Paul says, man, he said, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for what? This is the main point of this whole verse. Set apart for the what? Speak up, man. I can't hear you all day. Y'all being shy. What does it say? What's the last part? The gospel of God. So first of all, he's telling them it's God's gospel. It's not my gospel. Because some were accusing him of that. He says, God's gospel. But what does the word gospel mean, y'all? Good news. Is it good news that you're forgiven? Hey, Sean, and that there's nothing you can do to negate that forgiveness? <laughs> oh, oh, we got two Sean's, man. All right, yeah. Yeah, both y'all in unison, man. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's right. You got two shots. But yeah, nothing you can do to negate. That's good news, right? You're forgiven and you're forgiven forever. But is it not good news when you really understand and can, and, and, and can master this deliverance? How many of y'all would say, I can use a little help on this deliverance issue? Anybody? Yeah. Thank you, Donna. I got it right. Donna. Yeah, and uh, yes. Yeah, I use a, that's why I want revival. Y'all want to pray for me? Pray that through this, this Roman series, I get revival. I want revival. I get the forgiveness. I need deliverance on a moment by moment basis, especially even, it doesn't even have to be snowbird season driving around here anymore that you need deliverance. Amen. <laughs> I need deliverance in so many areas. Because the closer I get to him, the farther I see I'm away from him. And I don't want that to discourage me. I want it to encourage me. I'm headed in the right direction. And I want to see it this way, not this way. I got to see it from his. You pray that I'll have revival. Because if I get revival, guess who gets revival all over them too? You. If you keep showing up. You get revival. You bring it here. It's like having a, oh, let's have a spirit-filled service today. Awesome. Where's the Holy Spirit live, Corey? In you, you want a spirit-filled service, you better be bringing it. And you want a spirit-filled service, you better be bringing it. Now, where is your blue shirt today? You changed clothes, dude. You did not wear your driftwood blue rash guard that brought out the beautiful blue in your eyes. Your eyes look purple today. Now, anyways, I'm joking, but, but yeah. So, so again, Paul's servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the good news. It's good news that you can be forgiven. It's good news that you can be delivered. And that's what we're going to be focusing on as we go through Romans. You're like, well, you already preached this section before. And uh, uh, I don't even know what that means. But <laughs> uh, it's Chris, thank you for doing my PowerPoint. <laughs> but in this, so the good news has always been Christ. Uh, look at this, uh, always been, which he promised beforehand through the prophets and the Holy Scriptures. That's what we did two weeks ago. I showed you anywhere you cut the Bible, it what? It bleeds. He's there. He, man, from the very beginning of Genesis chapter 3, the first prophecy was a curse saying that, man, Satan, he's going to crush your head and you're going to bruise his heel and the offspring, and, 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 and that's going to be Messiah. And picture after picture through the Old Testament, the whole entire Old Testament sacrificial system was a picture of what Christ would actually fulfill and do. You cut the Bible anywhere and it bleeds. They were accusing Paul of, well, you're not really apostle. You're kind of this. We don't trust you, whatever. And man, and you're bringing this new thing. And, and here's the scenario, what was happening in Rome. 
Let me just share this with you real quick. The scenario in Rome, what was happening, um, is that, first of all, at Pentecost, there were some Romans who got saved. And they went back to Rome, and as they were back in Rome, they shared the gospel, and people got saved, probably. There were traitors coming through Rome. And so the gospel, people got saved. And that's what happened. And that's how the church, we don't know who planted the church in Rome, but it was a pretty significant church, and it was made up of Jews and Gentiles. But back in the day, the Jews pretty much ran things. And it was like, hey, here's the, here's the deal, and that's what they had. Well, all of a sudden, the non-saved Jews and the saved Jews started getting in arguments. You know, The saved Jews are like, hey, here's Christ. The non-saved Jews, no, you need Judaism. And, and there got to be such a problem that one of the guys named Claudius, not Claudia, but Claudius, um, he was one of first, He said, "You know, I had enough of this arguing junk. I'm kicking all the Jews out of Rome." And, and, and in fact, Aquila and Priscilla got kicked out of Rome, and that's where they met Paul and Corinth and stuff in the Book of Acts. But they kick them out of Rome. They kicked all the Jews, saved, unsaved, all of them out. So now, who are the only people that are in the church in Rome? Gentiles. And all of a sudden, they're not meeting in synagogues anymore. They're not meeting in these ornate buildings. Now they're meeting in some crammed apartment complex somewhere. Oh, sacrilege. And now they're not doing these rituals and these things. But can you imagine that things would be changed if all of a sudden you've got Gentiles running the church now? Different leadership, different everybody. And that's what they got. And so for about a period of four years after they, five years maybe, after they got kicked out, I think it was AD 49 and AD 54 when Claudius died. And then they lit, the, after he died, the Romans came back in. And so the saved Romans came back to their nice little church that they had left four or five years prior, and they're like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> You're in charge? What? How come we're not meeting this? How come? What? You can't meet here. You can't. It was all about the rituals. It was all about the... And so they're like, they had Christ, but it was all about all this superfluous stuff. Is that the word I'm looking for? Is that even say that right? I used to say super. Superfluous, but but all that stuff on the outside, it was all about that junk. And so Paul is writing saying, no, it's all about Christ. That's what he's teaching. He's trying to unite people who are divided by their culture. Does this have any relevance to us today? Anybody see anywhere where people are trying to divide Christians by their culture? Yeah. And so again, if they can divide us, they can conquer us. But whether you are liberal or you are conservative, whether you are of this nationality or that nationality, no matter what you are, you know what Paul told them in Ephesians, as far as race goes, he said, there ain't no new race. There's no race anymore. He said, Christ saved people and made a whole new race. You're Christian or you're not. Those are the two categories. That's what Paul said in Ephesians when we preached through there. So the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus Christ. And that's what, God, the, that's what Romans is about, to help us understand what we really have and stay on the same page and help each other stay on the same page in, in this business of forgiveness and, and deliverance and so on. So they're coming to him with all this. Paul, you're not whatever. He said, yeah, I'm an apostle called by God. Well, Paul, you're bringing a new gospel. No, this is a gospel from God. It was promised. Man, you know, what, you know why you guys as Jews didn't know about it? Because you didn't read the Word of God. For centuries, the Jews didn't read the Word of God. They let their hierarchy read the Word of God. And you know what they paid attention to? They paid attention to rabbinical writings. They weren't reading the Word of God. They were reading books about the Word of God. They were listening to podcasts about the Word of God. They were listening to preachers about the Word of God, but they weren't reading the Word of God. Because if they were, they would have found out you could cut the Bible anywhere and it what? It bleeds. When Christ came and the suffering servant and all that, they had no clue. 
They didn't even think, most of them didn't even think Christ was going to be God. Think about that. They thought he was just going to be some military leader. That's it. And all of that. And so, so Paul's like bringing it all together and saying, no, here we are. This is from the beginning. This is God's plan. Christ's plan for salvation, for the good news has always been Christ. It always has been in here. So, concerning his son, uh, again, who was uh, descended from David according to the flesh. Chris, <laughs> you're confusing me on my PowerPoint here. I should just break it. That's all right, man. Thank you for putting that together, man. I'm, I've got to figure out where I'm at here. Uh, so, Jesus... Y'all have patience with me. Have mercy on me on this. I, I got so used to JJ. Maybe I just shouldn't be used to JJ on that. And you did a wonderful job. I just got to figure out what you're doing here. No. <laughs> so concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh. So he says, look, man, it's always been about Christ. Look, he can go all, you can go all the way back to David uh, from Mary's lineage, from Joseph's lineage. He's all the way, you can go all the, way back to, all the way back to David. You'll go all the way back to Abraham. This is the guy, the Messiah. He qualifies in all the prophecies every way possible. Uh, according to the flesh, he came as a man. So incarnation, that's proof he was a man, right? He came from Mary. Go ahead and give me the next one, Chris. Uh, and he was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness, which basically is the complete spirit of God. When you follow the spirit of God, when you see it this way, the goal is what? What's the H word? Begins with H and ends with holiness. Holiness, yeah. So he was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his what? What proved that he was God? What proved he was man? He was born of a woman, right? So he was man. What proved that he was God? The resurrection. Let me see you all pull that off. <laughs> if you could pull that off, Kurt, you're God. Nobody can pull that off. In fact, when you die and your body's laying right there, what can you do? Is there anything you can do? No, man, you go there and you can draw worms, man, or let the fly, whatever. Uh, but so who are you counting on to do something with you at that point? God. Yeah, you're not counting on Claudia. She ain't even touching you at that point, man. I'm just saying, but God. And, and if he, so he proved to us that he could do it for himself. So now he can do it for us. And so here he says, look, he fulfills all of this prophecy. He fulfilled all this. We de declared to be the Son of God in power at his resurrection before them. But, man, if you didn't believe it then, you'd believe it now because of the resurrection. Uh, according to the spirit of holiness, by his resurrection from the dead. And I love this part right here. Everybody just read these last four words. Help me out on the count of three. The last four words. One, two, three. Yeah, man. You ever want to be encouraged, think about those words. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus, Jesus. What does Jesus mean, y'all? Jehovah saves. It's jo Joshua. You remember Joshua who took over for Moses back in Exodus? Well, his name wasn't Joshua. When, as he was getting trained, his name was Oshia, which meant Savior. And then later, when Moses was going to die and he was going to take over, they renamed him Joshua, which means Jehovah saves. And Jesus is a form of that name. So that nobody would think that Joshua is the one saving them. Jesus means Savior. And that's what he did by giving us that forgiveness and giving us that deliverance on the cross. So Jesus, Christ, what does Christ mean? What's that? 
Messiah, the anointed one, the one that God was talking about in the garden right there, the one that's been brought up, they knew there was a Messiah coming. And, and this Messiah, there's one person who could qualify, and he qualifies, he's it, and it basically means he is the anointed one, and, and he's king of the world. He's king of kings and lord of lords. And how long is he going to be that for? Forever. So if you sell out to this guy, you don't have to be worried about being brought, bought out by another company, do you? Any, anybody ever had, had a really great job and then the company got bought out, you know, and everything changed? Hey, what happens if all of a sudden you work at Moonswiners, man? Y'all like your gig. You're good at Moonswiners, man. You just see Sam. She got 15 pins. And depending on how she likes you is where she pulls the pins out. I've been watching. But it, it, or she gets your ribs, no end cuts, right? You know, and anyway, she hooks us up. And, uh, but you like it, man. All you waitresses, you at least pretend y'all get along. And for the most part, it's a good little chemistry there. Can you imagine now if Sonny's, you came in tomorrow and Sonny's bought out Moonswiners? Oh, and all of a sudden now you have to become Sonny's. That would be hard. But right now you can sell your soul to Moonswiners because that's eternal, right? <laughs> Nobody's buying. They're not selling out to Sonny's, are they? No, God forbid. And, but again, you can sell out to the King of Kings and Lord and Lords because he's it forever, y'all. So Jesus, our Savior, Christ, the Anointed One, and Lord. What does Lord mean? Dave, what's Lord mean? Lord, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Who's the Lord in your house? <laughs> Amen. Thank you. I, I, I didn't know if you said, well, Linda wears pants here, but I didn't. <laughs> Jesus Christ, our Lord, the boss. He's the boss. He calls the shots. That's the way it's going to be. And so, man, when you just meditate on Jesus Christ, our Lord, Think about those three things. He's large. He's in charge. He takes total control, and nobody has any, and they're never going to take it from him, sell out to him. That's why he says, the good news is you can have a relationship with me, and you get everything else after that. So again, the gospel has always been Christ. Not about Christ, but it's always Christ. And Christ brings grace and grace brings God glory in this. Take a look at this. So through whom, this is through Christ, we have received, and he's talking specifically about him as Paul, but let, next verse he talks about it as, as us being recipients of this too. So we have received grace. You received grace at your daughter Grace, right? All right. She's like, all right. You guys getting married or you just boyfriend, girlfriend? Don't know. No. He's like, oh, dude, come on, man. I just met you. That's all right. That's the same with them. They just met me too, bro. But, yeah, you, you, <laughs> I thought you were going to, so if you, if you walk her down the aisle and hand her over, he has just received grace. But this is a different kind of grace, a different kind of grace, man. What, Karen, what's the definition of grace? Help me out. I just caught you a deer in the headlights, right? Philippians, the desire. Yeah, go look in Philippians chapter 2, man. The desire. First of all, are you going to do it God's way if you don't have a desire to do it? Why in that world are y'all doing this? Here you are in business. Everybody else you're looking at is doing it this way. Have you ever had anybody say, look, take the glasses off so you can see. Do it. I know it's fun. Life at church is fun this way. Everything's fun this way. Because it's his reputation at stake. All you have to do is walk with him. And you get to be a part of supernatural things that only he can get blamed for. 
Or would you rather be like the world and say, oh, well, I did this and this and this, and now I've received this. And then somebody go, oh, yeah, that's nothing compared to what I did. I'm tired of living in that world. I want to live in this world and be crazy enough to do what he wants me to do. And, and, and it's an adventure. You don't even know what's next, right? Yeah, but the world's going, the world's going, take those glasses off. How can you see with those glasses on? I'm like, oh, I can see below the surface. I can see eternal. I can see so many things you can't. I can see things money can't buy. And if I can't see it, I know who does, and I know who's leading me to it. Amen? But here, the world keeps trying to get you to take them glasses off. Man, put them back on and do it his way. Scott, put your glasses back on. I'm not just messing with you. Know? <laughs> Through whom we have, so from Christ. When you get Christ, you get grace. Great, that first grace is the desire and ability to give your life to him. Uh, him, him give, when somebody says, hey, man, here's the gospel. Yeah, where do I sign? Where's the dotted line? And, and there you have grace. And apostleship, again, means a commission, a purpose in life. Dave, remember we went out to Saddleback before he got all tainted and all that, whatever. Man, we went out to Saddleback back in the day, right? And, and the whole thing, Rick Warren was this, this Bible Belt pastor trying all his Bible Belt tricks and everything out in California and Silicon Valley. And, and nothing was working. And he sat on some rocks and he was on the rocks saying, God, what did you bring me out here for? What show me? And he started watching surfers. And he wasn't a surfer. didn't know anything about surfing. But what he did know is he said, surfers don't make waves. They ride them. And he said, and God spoke to him and said, quit trying to make waves. Quit trying to make religious waves like you did back in the Bible Belt. Look and see what people need here and show them how Christ is the answer. And hence, they came up with the purpose-driven life. People found out they had a purpose in life. How many of y'all want a purpose? You know what your purpose Sam, is your purpose to rake in those big bucks at Moonswiners? Is, is that really your purpose in life? No, your purpose is to use Moonswiners to bring God glory. You know? To use whatever situation he's got to bring you glory, even if it's three inches of rain blowing in under your window through a tornado. You bring God glory. But you can only do that if you have his grace. It doesn't come. This is how it happens. Not like this. So you can't walk around like this and like, oh, I guess I need to see this from God's perspective. Oh, wait, let me look back again. No, uh, let me look here now again. Th this is how many Christians live their life, like this. You've got to live like this. Eric, right? No matter where you're at, bro, welcome home, my brother. Yeah, you got to, no matter where you're at, you got to live life like this. you got to see below the surface. you got to see the vertical. So he said, man, I've got something for you to do every moment, every day to bring about, look at this, if you get saved. So I wasn't giving you freedom to sin when I was talking about, about the blood of Christ covering your sins, and it didn't matter what you did, you were still covered. You are. You are. You're covered. But Amanda, if, is there anything your kids can do to not, Hala can do to not be your kid anymore? Other times you'd like that? To, no, I'm just saying, I think everybody, there's nothing she can ever do. But what happens when she ain't representing you really right? And you lovingly tell her and lovingly tell her. And she still needs a little more persuasion. <laughs> and then that doesn't do it and she needs more persuasion. You know, if you're covered by the blood of Jesus, you're covered. But you're God's child. And God is going to persuade you in the ways. He's going to discipline you as a disciple. 
to act the way he wants you to act. So it's not free will. Look, in fact, if you're truly saved, look what you get. Look what it leads to. For those of you hyper-grace people, look what it, brings, look what it leads to. It, 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 the purpose of grace and your calling is to bring about the what? What's the next word? Obedience of what? Faith. Obedience of faith. You obey, meaning you're going to do things the way he wants you to do them. You're going to do what he wants you to do. That's obedience of faith. So you're going to grow in obedience to him. You're going to grow. As you grow in faith, you grow, you become more like him. How many of y'all want to be more like Christ? How many of y'all want to be like God? How many are saying, heck no, I don't want to be like God. You don't want to be in heaven because that's what you're going to be in heaven. You're going to be like God. If, if, there's a lot of people in the world saying, man, I don't want to go to hell, but I don't want to be with God. Well, there ain't that choice. <laughs> His children want to be like him. How many of y'all are sick of being lured into scraping your fingernail on the side of the dumpster? And you look at it, and you look at it, and you're like, ah. Oh, and then all of a sudden, you're, oh, I did it again. Anybody ever do that? Maybe you haven't thought about it the same way. But every time you sin, man, that's what happens. It may not be immediate. It's, you just got dumpster scum on your finger, under your fingernails. And at some point when you're walking in the flesh, you ain't just sucking it off, man. You're just biting underneath the nails and you're getting it all. How many of y'all are grossed out by that? Good. Good. I hope you never forget it. Because that's what it's like looking at life this way and not this way. You don't have to do it. As you grow in faith, he says, he said, through grace, it's going to bring about obedience of faith for the sake and name uh, of his name among all the nations. So there's his glory. You get to be more like Christ and he gets glory. Man, hey, hey uh, has, has Sean ever really just done something super spiritual? No, this Sean right here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Savannah, I should say Savannah. Has Sean ever done something like super spiritual that just blew you away? Like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Did you like, well, Sean, you're pretty good. Or did you like, holy smoke, that was God. Yeah, God gets the glory. And, and in fact, that's what grace is. In Ephesians, we're told that the angels are learning about God's grace through the church. Hope we're teaching them right. Because what that means is that means that when, all right, God's like, watch this. We're going to let it rain in, Gary. We're going to bring him home with his mom. We're going to let it rain in three inches. And, 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 and I'm going to give him grace. Let's see what he chooses. And, and the grace overwhelmed him, and he did it God's way. You know what the angels in heaven said? Whoa, we know what Gary should have done without grace. Oh, my God, you are awesome. Not Gary's awesome. God, you're awesome. And Gary now has a Stephanos, a crown. He's got a crown. And, and, and what's going to happen one day, I think what's going to happen in heaven is I think it's going to be a perpetual praise service where God is going to relive these things and say, now watch the video of Gary. Maybe it's, I don't know, video may be outdated. That's like saying, Why? listen to the cassette tape. No, I don't know what. But here, watch what Gary did. Watch what Gary did. And, and everybody sees what God did through Gary. And everybody in heaven goes, oh, wow. Hey, I put Dave in this situation. Look what he did. Oh, wow. And, and, and everybody gives glory to God. And the victory we have from the Stephanos you got in that moment, that's what happens is you throw it down at Christ's feet and say, the only reason, the only reason we could follow you this way, God, 
was because you gave us grace to believe you and be crazy enough to do it your way. And, I, and every victory, man, you're getting a Stephanos, a crown. And you, at one day in heaven, we're going to be celebrating as we lay it down at Christ's feet because the only reason you can make the decisions right that you're making is because of him. Man. So, dude, think about that. This faith brings about obedience. It's obedience. If your life doesn't represent Christ, you probably aren't saved. Go read Matthew chapter 7. You're probably not saved if your life is this way and all of a sudden like, oh, yeah, let me check this. Oh, but I thought you said, yeah, you better make sure you got saved to begin with. But there's going to be an obedience of faith that's going to grow. And it's for the sake of his name and among all the nations. He's going to be glorified in this. Almost done. Don't pay attention to the 37 verses or 32 or whatever. We're not there. Um, and it's really to all who believe. So check this out. This is the end. So remember what I told you about what was happening in Rome? The Jews are saying, no, you can't really, you know, they were fighting over culture. You can't really be saved if, if you're doing this. And you can't, the Gentiles are like, well, we ain't doing this no more. We're not doing, you know, we don't run out of the cup, you know. And, and he said, look, this grace and calling Later, he tells us, he, once he gives you the grace and calling, it's without, without repentance. But in this, he's saying, look, he, he, he said, it's for everyone, whether you're a Jew or you're a Greek. And like I told you in Ephesians, you know what he said in Ephesians? He said, there's no more Greek, there's no more Roman, there's no, there's no Jew. In fact, there's one race. So is it any wonder why... The world is using race to try to divide people. Even in the church, multicultural is great, but you know what? We are all the same race. If you're born again, you're born again. And we have a whole new lifestyle to live up to. And it goes way beyond skin color, way beyond whatever, and that's the beauty of it. Because when we get to heaven, who are we going to see, Dave? Everybody. Everybody in Jesus, yeah. So is it any wonder the world's using race to divide people? Because it's easy. We're all believers or we're not. So look at this. He says to all those in Rome, all those in Rome, even you Jews who are just getting back, who have been gone for a while, all those in Rome who are what? What's the qualification? Loved by God. How many of y'all are loved by God? Yeah, you, you qualify. I don't care what you're background is i don't care what your cultural background dude if you got a different cultural background bring it bring it to the kingdom to make it better but all in the name of christ and you and, and you bring your christian god needs people in haiti god needs people in africa god needs people in india god needs people all over the world from all cultures and he uses them in all different ways right mr cup you guys do it on the internet you need to hook up with dave dave hook you you and dave hook raise hands right there look at each other Look in the eye. Y'all need to talk after church, all right? And you'll know why. All right. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be saints. Saint just means separated, man. And again, Gary, why'd you answer? Because I called you. Yeah. If you're listening, sometimes, hey, uh, I'm not trying to pick on Hale or anything, but are there times where you have to call her more than others? Hala. Hela, Hela! <laughs> Does God ever have to call you maybe a little more than other times? And, and again, but God's calling. 
God wants to use you. You've got a starting position on his team, and he's giving you grace to do what he's called you to do in all of this. And so, again, to all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace. What is grace again, y'all? The desire and ability. Thank you, all two of you. The desire and ability. Tara, what is grace? The desire and ability to do God's will. That's it. All right, y'all need to know this, dude. What is grace again, y'all? The Okay, thank you. I know it's been a long day. All right. Don't forget that. <laughs> you need this grace. You have the grace to you, and, and if you're doing, you have the desire and ability to do God's will, what comes from that? Peace. But it's not peace from the world, it's peace from God our Father, and again, look at that, Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, the Master of the universe, and, and the boss, man, he's right there. So it all comes that way. So God's good news has always been who? Christ. Christ brings what? And grace brings God what? Glory to all who believe. That's how Paul introduces Romans, and we will move on after that next week. But that's the introduction for it. So let's bow our heads just for a second, man. I haven't done that in a long time. Dude. Maybe I got a couple old Baptists in here, and it just was in my blood. I don't know, dude. But No, it was the Holy Spirit, man. I want you to bow your heads, just kind of close your eyes, and I'm not going to steal your wallet or nothing like that. I just want you to be able to get alone with God. That's crazy. I haven't done this in a while, but we have prayer in other times. But so in this, how many of y'all know? Can I see your hand if you know you've got forgiveness? You've got forgiveness. He's forgiven you of your sins. How many of y'all struggle with forgiveness? Nobody else is looking, man. Good. I'll pray for you in that. But you, I want you especially to understand. If God accepts the blood of Christ, who are you not to accept the blood of Christ? You got to realize God's value on the blood, and he values it more than anything. If right now you don't know, and you're saying, man, I need some forgiveness. I need to give my life to Christ and have that blood applied to my life. There's no magic prayer, no nothing. It's just you wanting to give your life to Christ. So would you just do that? Just do it. How many of y'all having trouble with deliverance? Anyone? Deliverance. Realizing that you don't have to sin. You don't have to. But you have God's grace, which is the desire and ability to not do that. We're going to talk more and more about it. But you've got to see life from God's perspective. Father, I pray Again, that if there's somebody that needs to give their life to Christ, that today they would do that and receive forgiveness. I pray, Father, for those of us that have forgiveness, that we would not be deceived by ourselves or by Satan or this world system. But instead, we would know the truth, and the truth would set us free to know that we have forgiveness all the time because of the blood. Father, some of you here are thinking they have forgiveness and they don't. Father, let them know. Let them wrestle with it until they actually know they have it. 
And Father, for deliverance, I pray you would continually work in our hearts to help us understand that the last Adam took away what the first Adam gave us through inheritance. And we would quit living in the flesh and we would walk in the spirit and keep our polarized glasses on so we could see life from your perspective. And um, I pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Corey, you got a song for us, man? I know that's like typically what we do here. Hey, let me show you this real super quick, y'all. Um, you're like, uh, anybody know what this is? Yeah, yeah, I just bought it for the service because I thought I needed it for an illustration. But no, I'm just joking. Actually, I, I got this a long time ago. It's a pretty good GPS unit. Um, actually got on clearance for 50 bucks at one point, long time ago. Matthew Zimba wanted me to bring it. And uh, I was gonna, he's going to get it installed into the boat that we have. But I just thought, how appropriate. What does this show you? It shows you things you can't see. It shows you stuff far away, how to, how to find a, a, a reef out in the Keys. It, it shows you rocks that are, that are underneath. It, it shows you where fish are. It shows you all the things you can't see. It goes deep. And I want you to know, man, that you see things this way. You can go deep, and God will do things in your life so supernatural that only he can get blamed. You do it this way, you get what everybody else has got. Do it this way, all right?